Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to r slash Entitled People, where people truly believe that they can do or have what they want because they're special. And in today's episode, guys, Karens are at it again. A woman learns a lesson she won't forget after she throws a tantrum on an airplane, which is never good, right? I hope you enjoy these stories today. Hit subscribe for future stories. And as always, you can send or link your post to this email right Right here. So I was coming out of the grocery store on the weekend, and a lady drives up in a van and says, Sir, please, I'm living in my car. Could you spare anything to help? I happened to have a 20 in my wallet, and I said, sure, and I gave it to her. The woman was so thankful, and she kept saying, bless you, to me. I was like, okay, and then started to leave, and she says, are you a Christian? I say to her, uh, no, I'm not. The woman then replies, don't you worry about your immortal soul? I say to her, uh, I really don't think about it. Again, I'm... She then interrupts me and says, well, you should. You need to blah, 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 blah. I then interrupt her with my hand up and say, no thanks, have a nice day, and start walking to my car. Well, this woman pulls around, blocks me, and she starts berating me that I'm going straight to hell. I just say, lady, please don't make me regret giving you this money. Now this really pissed her off, and she's like, I'll throw this money on the ground right now. I don't need it from people like you. I say to her, or you could give it back to me. The woman keeps the money, and she drives off. No good deed, man, I tell ya. Ain't that the truth, guys. Like, I think we can all agree that she should have just taken the money, said thanks, and moved on with her day. But instead, she made OP's good deed into something that left a sour taste in his mouth. And this person says, she felt like crap taking that money from you. But by suddenly realizing that you're not a Christian like her, she found a way to get holier than thou and make her feel better and above you. Now she's gonna spend your money angrily and try to mask her shame in having to ask for it. Now, of course, I'm not sure if that's the real reason, but it sounds about right. A lot of people agree. Let me know what you guys think, though. Alright, so for some context, my parents own a brunch restaurant. It's a fancy and a bit overpriced kind of brunch place. The place is open from 9am to 3pm as a brunch place, and opens from 7pm to 2am again as a pub. As with many kids whose parents own businesses, I work there, and I was eventually made manager. Two weeks into her new job, a waitress had gone down with the flu, and told us that she wouldn't be working for that day. It was fine. I took her place to help, and I waited tables. Nothing new to me. The first few hours into serving tables, I had my very first entitled person of the day. This dude was so obnoxious. The guy was talking to his friends, and who I can assume is his boyfriend because he was groping the guy the whole time. They were so loud, but mostly him, that I had to tell them to tone their voices down a bit because they're making other customers uncomfortable. Just screaming, F this, F that. Like the guy's every second word out of his mouth was the F word. Besides that, he's ruining the place's vibe by being stupid. Then, when he ordered like his fifth coffee, I told him we already ran out of coffee refills, but we're making another batch. The guy then stands up and yells something stupid in my face, and complained that our service was absolutely garbage, and that we should always have hot coffee ready. The guy was complaining how us wanting them to shut up is bad service, and that they should be allowed to speak how they want and that we don't have any common sense. And then, this mother effer demanded to see the manager. So I told him I was the manager. 
He then repeated, I want to speak to the real effing manager, not some stupid brat. So I, the stupid brat that I am, faced my back to him and then twirled to face him and then said, well, hello, good morning, I'm the manager. The guy's face went bright red and he shouts, get me the owner then, bitch. And you can consider your smart ass fired. Well, since technically I am one of the owners because of nepotism, because my parents want me to take over one day, I did the same thing again and said, well, hello, good morning, I'm the owner. The guy then just snatched a couple of bills from his wallet, slams it onto the table, dragged his boyfriend by the arm, and left the restaurant. His group soon followed after. After that, all the other employees awarded me the Employee of the Week award, which was non-existent in our restaurant, but I'll take it. Guys, I absolutely love the stories where idiots like him don't know who they're talking to. And being in Opie's shoes, it must have felt amazing knowing that she had all that power over rude customers and there's not a damn thing they can do about it. Like, even if he never comes back again, which I'm sure he won't, it's not like they're gonna miss that idiot and the $20 he spends each time. So to start the story off, I work at my school bookstore. We usually get apparel and merchandise every day. But now that school is winding down, we may get new stuff every other day, which is fine for me, as I'm in charge of apparel. On this particular day, I was wearing a popular hoodie, in size small. And by popular, I mean it had to be restocked so often, due to how quickly they sold out of the store. I had gotten it days prior, and it was the last one on the rack in that size. I was told by my manager that a new shipment of smalls would be in by the weekend, so I kept the larger sizes on the rack, to fill in the gap for the smalls until they arrived. So I'm in the front of the store at the cash registers, straightening the hangers, when enters Karen and her daughter. They enter the store like nothing, and I allow them to peruse before I ask them if they need help. Of course, they said no, so I left them alone and went back to my register. They go through the hoodies and start looking through the sizes. Karen asked, are there any more of these hoodies in size small? I say to her, no ma'am. As of right now, we have no more smalls in the store, but we're expecting a shipment this week, so they will be restocked soon. Karen rolls her eyes at my response and she says, whatever. They continue to look around and grab items, and after what felt like forever, they made it to the register for checkout. As I'm scanning and bagging their items, I ask them, did they find everything in the store they were looking for? Karen replies, no, because you lied and said there are no more smalls, and clearly you have on a small. I reply, I was able to buy the last small before they were all gone. We're expecting another shipment soon, and if you'd like, you can order one on our website. She then cuts me off and says, just give her yours. At that, I respond, huh? Karen says, my daughter said she needs a small, and she needs one to show her friends, and you will give her that small. I say to Karen, no, I'm not gonna give her my sweater. We'll have more in by the weekend, and they can be ordered on our website. Karen then stomps her feet and says, give me that small. And that's when the general manager pokes her head out to see what's going on. She asked, is there a problem? And Karen says, yes, your employee won't give my daughter that small hoodie. She then points to the one I'm wearing. And the manager says, ma'am, we don't have any more of these hoodies in that size small, but we're expecting... Karen cuts her off and says, I'm talking about the one she's wearing. The manager looks at me with the most confused face ever and says, Ma'am, she is not a mannequin. There's no way she can, nor will I allow for her to give you the hoodie off her back. Please pay and leave. Karen then says, But we're the customers. You have to do everything to serve us. 
The manager tells her, either pay for your stuff or leave the store. At that, Karen quickly pays with a card. And as I'm giving her the receipt, she snatches it out of my hand and says, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. When they left, I told my manager the whole story, from when they walked in to before she intervened. She let me take an early lunch after that. My goodness, guys, I'm gonna be honest, I would have laughed out loud right then and there when Karen shouted about her lawyer. Like, what's a lawyer going to do, Karen? Sue the bookstore for not giving them an employee's personal belongings? Like, seriously, guys, some people live in their own delusional world, where they think they're owed anything they want. So recently for work, I booked a flight to my conference destination. My flight was booked last minute, and all that was left was middle seats. Or I could pony up to pay for an upgrade, which wasn't going to happen, for a relatively short flight. Out in the boarding area, they announced many, many times that it was a full flight, and kept begging people to gate-check their bags. It wasn't subtle. After they let all the military, first class, frequent flyers, and people that need more time to board, my group got to plot down the jetway. Once we got on the plane, I could see my fate before me. A wild Karen was sitting in an aisle seat, and a miniature Karen was over in the window seat, happily kicking the empty seat in front of her so hard that it was visibly shaking. The middle seat, my seat, was piled with Karen crap. A backpack, electronic devices, a stuffed animal, snacks. And I'm thinking, oh joy, that's my seat number. I pointed to the middle seat to indicate that it's mine. And Karen did not budge or move a single thing from that crap henge. I tried again with the whole, I'm sorry, but that's my seat routine. At that, Karen snaps at me and says, sit somewhere else. And of course, I'm like, I can't do that. It's a full flight. This is my assigned seat. Well, Karen wasn't having that. She starts asking random stuff to me. Did I know what kind of day she had? It started the day before. Did I know their flight was diverted? They missed their connection. They slept in the airport overnight. Did I know they haven't eaten all day? Blah, blah, blah. And that they just need a little space. So sit somewhere else. The woman then shoved her knees up full against the seat in front of her, blocking my way. She then shut her eyes and she pretended to be asleep. It's at that point I slam the flight attendant button over her head and awkwardly crouch in the row behind me so people can get past. We'd already made a scene and clogged up boarding. As I crouched there, I realized nothing about Karen's story made any sense. We weren't at the big city airport where flights sometimes did get diverted. We were at a tiny regional airport that only had a couple of airlines that flew to a few major hubs. And there also wasn't a bunch of people griping about their misconnections, diversions, or having slept in the airport. Because when a tiny regional airport has that happen, you know, everyone knows, Karen was probably full of crap. Anyhow, the saintly flight attendant arrived and asked what was wrong. She then checked my ticket and said, yeah, that's unfortunately my seat. She then asked Karen to see her and the kids' tickets. And Karen kept her eyes closed and she pretended to be asleep. Now, I don't know how she thought that would work, but the flight attendant shook her shoulder several times and kept speaking loudly to her. And you must remember, boarding is going on all around this. People were hefting bags, trying to find seats, the usual loud mayhem. It was ridiculous. So the flight attendant finally told Karen that if she didn't respond, paramedics would be called about an unresponsive passenger. And that finally got Karen's attention. Karen pops up and demands, What? I'm trying to sleep. She then went off on the same rant that she did at me, about her travel nightmare and needing the space. 
The flight attendant explained that it was a full flight, all the seats were booked, standby passengers were waiting for any extras, and Karen needed to let me sit. This then sent Karen into Wales, over being separated from her baby by a stranger. The flight attendant pointed out that she booked the aisle and window seats herself, leaving that separation, so she could either ask me to swap or she could sit in them as assigned. That, of course, set off another rant. She then said to the flight attendant that apparently some frequent flyer-slash-travel-advice site out there says to book a window-slash-aisle seat and hope that nobody sits in the middle so you get a free space. And I imagine this works on flights that aren't full. This one was full. Karen then swears that she got that tip for how to get an extra seat free off this airline's website, and she threw quite the fit that after they told her to do that, that she was being punished by being separated from her baby. Meanwhile, the people in the front row arrived and mini Karen was still kicking away like she was at soccer practice. It was so bad that the guy in the window seat didn't want to sit down. He leaned over and asked the kid to stop kicking. And that's when Minnie Karen lets out an unholy wail of stranger danger that she had apparently been trained to do if a stranger spoke to her. Karen then turns from her screaming fit at the flight attendant to take in the scene of an adult man in the row in front looking at her child in horror and her child wailing stranger danger at the top of her lungs, only to turn right back to the flight attendant while pointing at the dude and demands, get this pedo off the plane immediately. And that's where the flight attendant went from firm and reasonable to utterly brilliant. She then nods at Karen and says, we can't remove him from the flight because he hasn't done anything to your child. But we can certainly get you two reseated if you're not comfortable with your current location and situation. Please, gather your things. We'll take you up to the desk and see if there's any upgrades available to the more space seats, aka first class. And it was amazing. Karen puffed up in self-importance as she gathered her now happy spawn and all their crap. She then throws elbows like mad, shoving her way upstream past all the people trying to board. She had heard the magic word upgrade, and she was going to get there before it was gone. Now I'm not gonna lie, I sort of cursed to myself that they were probably upgrading her to make her calm the F down, and I wasn't thrilled that her ridiculous display worked. And that's when the flight attendant's coworker comes back to ask if I preferred the window or aisle to my middle seat. I told him, aisle, thanks. At least I got that, right? But no, it gets better. So the flight attendant's coworker then quietly explained that I could relax because Karen and her daughter would not be returning. There were no upgrades. It was much faster and easier to get them off the flight that way than calling security onto the plane. But there will be security waiting for her when she gets inside. They filled the seats with waiting standby passengers, and presumably Karen had plenty of space to sit next to her mini Karen in the terminal while waiting for the next flight. My goodness, this post was so satisfying, guys. And it's probably not the first time that flight attendant had to do that because she did it like a pro. I just feel bad for all the people who have to deal with her when she found out she wasn't getting back on that flight, guys. And with reading all of these entitled Karen stories, guys, there's only one outcome that I can imagine. And that's Karen not getting onto another flight and ending up in the back of a police cruiser after she throws a tantrum and attacks employees for tricking her. So I recently moved back to the south because I hated wet, cold, miserable winters up north. However, I now realize that there's one major drawback to moving back home. 
I should have never moved within driving distance of the majority of my family. And now, my entitled aunt thinks I should rather die than hurt her feelings. Another year will bring another disappointing Thanksgiving. Of course, the usual disappointments in my family will all be there. A sister who thinks that being a single mom makes her an effing saint instead of someone that just didn't use birth control. My critical, alcoholic cousins who can't wait to point out everything wrong with someone else's life, but don't dare look at their own lives as they finish their fifth glass of wine in less than an hour. And don't even get me started on the parental units in my family, who seem so desperate to reclaim their lost youth by pretending they still have authority over children in their 30s and 40s. On top of the drunk uncles, screaming babies, there's much drama. And then of course, there's the biggest disappointment of all. My entitled, demanding, attention-seeking Karen of an aunt and her effing sweet potatoes. Those god-awful, too sweet, effing make my teeth hurt just thinking about them, crappy, crappy sweet potatoes. It's her pride and joy side dish that she insists on bringing to every Thanksgiving, instead of burying it with shame in the backyard with the rest of the fertilizer where it belongs. It's the dish that she insists on forcing each one of us to consume and won't stop pestering us until we try some, and will then proceed to give us a giant portion of. Now I could be deathly allergic to those effers, and she would still throw a fit if I refused to eat it. And it's not like she didn't have plenty of potato dishes to choose from. Real potatoes are wondrous things, and can be prepared stewed, scalloped, fried, twice baked, and so many other delicious ways. Real potatoes are simply wonderful. But of course, my aunt chooses to make a sweet potato mash, with loads of brown sugar, maple syrup, and then topping that crap with marshmallows. Nobody in our family likes the way she makes them, it's like eating mouthfuls of sugar. So naturally, my attention-seeking aunt had decided years ago that this travesty would become her signature side dish to bring to Thanksgiving. And that monstrosity of a side dish has tormented me for years. Not only is it there during Thanksgiving, but it makes a return a month later during Christmas. And again, she makes sure everyone eats it, we don't have a choice. As my entitled aunt is the one who brings the sweet potatoes, she insists that everyone must have some of her famous side dish. We're then expected to fawn over her about how delicious they are, ask her what her secret is, blah blah blah. And if anyone doesn't eat her candied marshmallow-covered turds and compliment her, she will harass them throughout the entire meal. And she will constantly tell us how insulted she feels until we give in and we pretend to like them. Last year, I decide to tell her no, and pass on the orange sugary horror. The conversation basically went like this. I wasn't eating, so aunt told me, hey, have some of my famous sweet potatoes, OP. I say to her, oh, I'm sorry, but I'm trying to cut out sugar. My doctor says that I'm on the verge of being pre-diabetic. My entitled aunt says, well, it's the holidays, so those calories don't count. Have some. To which I respond, yes, they do. In fact, to me, they count even more because, again, I have to watch my blood sugar. That's when my entitled aunt says, well, you should have told me in advance that you weren't gonna have any. I wouldn't have made as much. That is so inconsiderate of you. Do you know how much effort I put into this dish and you won't even eat any? 
I said to her, I'm one person out of 25 here. The amount you make would not have changed. She then says, you should still have some since you didn't tell me in advance. That's the polite thing to do. You're practically spitting in my face by refusing. I slaved away in the kitchen for hours to make them, you know, and you are insulting me right now. Now here is a side note, I know for a fact that she doesn't even make this dish from scratch. She just buys canned sweet potato, pours them from the can, adds sugar, maple syrup, cinnamon, and then tops them with marshmallows and bakes them for half an hour. I say to her, I'm sorry, but I'm overweight as it is. I'm serious about trying to get into shape. I'd like to be around for a while. She then says, why do you hate me so much? After all I've done for you. And I have no idea what she's, quote, done for me. I've only ever seen her during the holidays, and I still don't know why my doctor seems to care more about my health than my family does. She then turns to my mother and says, I can't believe you raised such a horrible child. I'm effing 40 years old. She then tells my mom, tell him to have some, or I'm never coming back to this house ever again. It'll be the last time you ever see me. My mom then says, OP, you know how sensitive your aunt is. Just have some and tell her it's delicious, so she shuts up. Now at this point, all it seems is I'm left with three options. A, to have some and pretend that my aunt did a good job instead of trying to effing poison me. B, refuse and hear about her whining nonstop how I insulted her for an entire effing year. Or C, I could take the honorable way out by removing the carving knife from the turkey and ending myself right there in front of my, quote, loved ones. Now, of course, I'm still alive to write this, so you can guess the outcome. Once again, my aunt won that year. The whole family started to harass me, and I caved into her demands to try some of her crime against food that she calls a side dish, while she smugly smiled and asked, how is it? I then pretended to enjoy eating her potential violation of the Geneva Convention, while constantly looking for my chance to go to the bathroom and quietly attempt to vomit that crap into the porcelain bowl. Now, I don't know about you, but option C looks better every effing year. I'm looking forward to this year. Thanks for listening. I needed to purge some of these feelings before the next holiday gathering, where my love for my family is measured by how much debt I'm willing to acquire, buying them presents that they don't need. Ain't that the truth, guys. And it sounds to me like Opie has a wonderful aunt that clearly wants to put everyone into a diabetic coma. And guys, I've had candied yams before, and I'm a fan. But the way that OP described it, and how it's just sugar on top of sugar, yeah, I don't know about that. And if I were OP, I would be making a dish I know she hates, and pulling the same BS stuff on her. Like, what? You don't like these delicious chocolate-covered crickets I made? Like, what the heck? You don't know how long I spent in my backyard trying to catch these things, and you insult me by not eating them? On frickin' Thanksgiving? Okay, but jokes aside, seriously, OP is 40 years old. Just tell that woman to F off, and if she threatens to never come back to that home again, say to her, do you promise? Do you absolutely promise to never come back here? And just move on with the day. With that said, guys, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving that's full of fun, laughter, all that good stuff, and of course, great food. 
And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's stories. I hope you didn't shake your heads too much. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, it's an r slash pro revenge. I haven't done that one in a while, guys. Lives are getting destroyed. OPs are winning against bad people. It's a good time, so go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you.